Would you pray with me? And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Years ago, I was standing in the narthex after a worship service, greeting people and hearing the usual comments. Good sermon, Bob. Thanks, I needed that. You know all those comments. When one of my more cantankerous members walked up and said, I enjoyed that sermon today, Bob, but could you do me a favor and preach a little longer next time? Well, I was more than a little surprised and graciously added, well, I would be glad to preach a little longer for you. He said, good deal. I just am not worth anything until I've had my full nap. Today's sermon is entitled, Keep Awake. So I'd better say two things here at the beginning. First, it's one of my sermons, and therefore it is short. And two, it's not primarily about sleeping in church. It is, however, about sleeping through life. This Advent season begins amid pandemic and protest. We weren't prepared for the dramatic shifts in our, the ways of living as COVID-19 began to trek across our globe. Many bodies have been ravaged and lives taken by this fierce virus. Families, churches, schools, employers, and employees alike have been scattered from their gathering places into isolation. Likewise, Black Lives Matter protests have erupted in cities and towns across our, our, across our country, nationally and globally transforming uh, areas into times of protest and unrest. Likewise, during this time, black women and men and others of other colors have joined with them to protest the deaths of so many so needlessly. Friends, big events are happening all around us. But this morning in churches across our country, many people are having trouble keeping awake. And this is a problem. It's a problem for the church because it suggests that our worship has become dull and lifeless, that it's not meeting the needs of our people. It's a problem for the church's people because if they have so much trouble keeping awake during this special time in history, how much more will they have trouble keeping awake to the Spirit's leading when we go back to normal with their families and schools and work and to people outside the church and to many inside the church? The church simply seems out of step and irrelevant. It simply isn't answering the questions they're asking. And so they sit here week after week bored, or they don't sit here at all anymore. To begin Advent amid pandemic and protest is a providential point for the modern people of God. We are being reminded that to be the people of God requires an ethical elevation of our attention to keep awake. The text itself charges us to keep awake because we don't know the day or the hour when the fullness of God with us will be realized among us. Dr. Marsha Riggs says that to keep awake means we are being charged in the language of Black Lives Matter to be woke. 
She goes on to say, being woke means being aware of, enraged by, and willing to protest in solidarity with people who are pushed to the margins of society because of systemic oppression. It's revealed in all the isms and the obias of our day, in any and all the forms of objectification and dehumanization that we enact upon one another as individuals and as society. This Advent, we are talking about dreaming, about dreams and those who dream them, about what God is dreaming for each and all of us. I thought of Dr. Ted Engstrom, then president of World Vision International. He once challenged ministers to become what he called young Turks. He used the example of a young business executive who was appointed to be in charge of uh, the drill bit division of his corporation. At his first staff meeting, he asked his new staff, what is it that our customers need? The old staff, who weren't quite sure about this young fellow to begin with, looked at each other and smirked, why drill bits, of course. And he replied, no, that's wrong. What they really need are holes. And then he proceeded to explain the future of their business, of new and better drills, of sonic and laser beams that could cut any size or shape holes. He didn't confuse the need with the way to meet that need. There are many instruments to meet that need, and most of them have not yet been envisioned. The young man was a young Turk. I think the church could use some young Turks in this day and age, pastors and lay people alike, who will look at the needs of today's people and develop new, improved strategies to meet their needs and to put those plans into action. I realized something interesting about Jesus' ministry. Whenever Jesus was confronted with a specific need, he met that need first, and then he progressed on to the underlying spiritual need. If a person needed healing, he healed them, no strings attached. If a group needed food, he fed them, again, no strings attached. Jesus began where people were. He would then address their spiritual needs and share his message of salvation and wholeness with now willing listeners, who were now willing listeners because he had started where they were and he showed his care for them by meeting their needs where they were. Friends, we should not waste a good crisis. As we said last week, this is a time for action. Good intentions are not enough. Sentiment is not enough. On this Thanksgiving weekend, it is not enough to simply count our blessings and be thankful. This is a good start, but it's just a good start. This will be a holiday season like no other holiday season. While we're not able to do so many of the usual activities due to the pandemic, this opens up opportunities to do new things we haven't tried before. 
So let's wake up and stand up for those things that God and our congregation values. This is the perfect time to try it. And this church is known for its care already. Just last week, I had the honor to represent our congregation and present a check for a local housing ministry. Funds that we had gathered and then shared as an expression of our concern for those without homes of their own. This is one of our reputations in Westchester. We care about people. Imagine what would happen if we moved beyond the ordinary and expanded into the extraordinary. If we put our feet to prayers, our mouths to mercy, and our hands to loving care. Christmas is first and foremost a Christian holy day. It is an ideal opportunity to remind ourselves and our world about the real reason for this season. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. This message never changes. It's been the same today as it was over 2,000 years ago. What may change, in fact, what must change is the way we share it. Let's begin today. Let's take advantage of these extraordinary times to claim God's kingdom coming here on earth. Let's use the coming weeks to remember why we have a Christmas to celebrate and to live in the radiance of the Bethlehem star. Let's worship our Lord with new excitement as though we were celebrating for the first or perhaps even the last time. Friends, let's involve ourselves in the season, symbols of the season. Now, the symbols will feel different this year, but we can have Advent at home or even alone. Let's use this season to declare that we belong to God and to each other. Let's dream of new instruments to express our hope to each other and to those outside of our walls, which includes almost all of us right now. God has blessed us with the greatest gift of all, the only son who was born into our world to reveal God in a personal way. That's worth keeping awake about, and that's worth sharing. How do we prepare ourselves? We follow the scriptures, obey the Ten Commandments, love our neighbors, love our enemies, don't be so preoccupied with everyday life to the extent that God gets pushed aside or pushed out. Take time several times every day to pause and be grateful and to pray. And share with our friends, neighbors, and those who live across town how we are trying to prepare for this Christ and to be ready for this coming kingdom. Friends, we keep awake by dreaming, by envisioning how we will live out God's promise to be with us. We all expect God to be with us and meet us on the other side of this pandemic and protest. But let us always remember that the other side of the pandemic and protest is not a return to the old normal. It is living hope anew in new ways of God's continuing revelation of justice, kindness, mercy, and love. Amen.